going to be, we believe he's going to be just fine. Uh, but again, we want to take precaution. We want to make sure he's doing good. So because of the pain he was, he was experiencing, we thought we would uh, get him there. And he's been going through a myriad of tests. You can imagine pastor's really excited about getting more blood work done and all that kind of thing. So be praying for his patience. Be praying for, you know, for, the, for God's grace to be sufficient unto him because he's been poked on so many times. It really breaks my heart to see it. Uh, but uh, he's going to be good. Um, right now, they're talking about maybe in a few weeks uh, actually taking time to actually get stones out because he had some stones that we talked to you about uh, when they did the gallbladder surgery they weren't able to get. But we're talking down the road a little bit. But they want to kind of get him stabilized, get that pain uh, resolved. And at church, you know what? I just, let's, if it's okay, let's pray right now for Pastor if that's all right. And we'll just, you know, as we touch anything that she'll ask, it shall be done. Father, I just thank you, God, right now. Lord, I thank you, Father, as we unite our faith together. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for touching, Pastor. Lord, I just thank you for that abdominal pain to be gone in the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for your healing virtue, touching his body, making it well. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, just put your nail-scarred hand of Calvary on his body. Heal him, raise him up, and make him well. And we just give you praise, Lord Jesus, for what you've done. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen. amen. So. I'm sure Pastor might be watching us. So, Pastor, hello, God bless you, and you're going to be well, sir. Um, want to remind everyone as well as we have v, as we have week of Pentecost, we also are having our VBS. So, for all the the little children and the and, and our our precious commodities, uh, we're going to have some fun all this week as well. And today, um, for a couple hours up until a little time after, I think around one o'clock, I believe today, we're going to have a petting zoo. Uh, it's literally out on our west side of our parking lot uh, facing I-75. So if you want to uh, uh, grab the kids, obviously, your grandkids, make sure you take them through there. Uh, we invested quite a bit of money to do this, so it would be special for you. So um, um, I encourage you, make sure you take part of that. It's going to be a great time for the kids, lots of pictures, and they'll be touching lots of animals. So you might also want to have some hand sanitizer too. But besides that, it's going to be just fine. I'm sure Pastor Randy's got that well taken care of. Everyone pray that Pastor Randy has that well taken care of in Jesus' name. All right, well, listen, we're so excited about Week of Pentecost, and I do not want to delay. Um, unfortunately, our original guest speaker, I, I do want to bring some to your attention, um, uh, uh, Pastor Tony Suarez. Uh, he has a, a, a mother of the faith that unfortunately got a very, very bad diagnosis, and he felt very much torn uh, about being there with her, being, you know, praying with her, those kind of things, or coming. And, of course, um, we want him to do what he feels like is best for him. And he decided to uh, be with his mother in the face. So we're disappointed about that. But we're also excited because we have a, a very close friend of Pastor Dosix in this house who has traveled all over the world with us. His name is Dr. Brian Adams. He was here last year, has a strong miracle ministry as well. Um, you see the gifts flowing in the services every time he's ministering as well. So Dr. Brian travels literally in some places like Pastor and I go to. He, he was just recently in Turkey uh, ministering, going to the underground church, the Iranian church. He's just, he's just doing so much for the kingdom. That's why Pastor and I love this man of God. He's got a heart and passion for the people that need it the most. And uh, travels to places that's very difficult to gospel into, and he sees so many great things take place. Churches are being raised up in Nicaragua, all their portions of the world, because of this man of God. So I encourage you right now, if you would, I would encourage you to have your hearts ready to receive. Get ready. Today's going to be a great day. If you would, give an only believe welcome to our guest today, Dr. Brian Adams. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Come on. Make a noise for the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. Amen. 
while your hands are warmed up, put it together for Pastor Dosik right now. If you're watching, sir, we honor you. We honor you. You are awesome. You are healed. In Jesus' name. You have to get back on the traveling circuit because I need to learn from you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was an honor to be here today. I thank God for this opportunity. I was scheduled to preach in Detroit. Two of their air conditioners died, and they had to call and cancel because they have to replace them. And so I was sitting there thinking, well, I wonder what's going to happen. I received a phone call, request to come here. I said, that's awesome. I so appreciate that. It's good to see some of the, the people that I travel with when I do travel with this ministry. And uh, good to see you. I said hello to you. And uh, one of the greatest dancers I've ever met here. Put it up for Rick Burks right here. Come on. And his wife. He only dances for his family, though. Praise God. You can get with him. He can explain that story to you. <laughs> Pentecost. Many of you have heard that name. Many of you have heard preachings about it. I uh, had a message prepared before I even came here. But last night to the wee hours in the morning, the Lord kept speaking to me. And I so, so enjoyed it when God speaks to me. How about you? I mean, literally, it was more like unctions and scriptures coming to me. It wasn't like just an audible voice. I don't want you to think I'm all super spiritual because I'm just a person that needed salvation like you. Amen? There were no second-class citizens in the kingdom. But let me give you a definition of Pentecost. In the Hebrew Bible, Pentecost is an annual harvest festival that occurs seven weeks after Passover. It became an important Christian holiday after God poured out the Holy Spirit upon the Jerusalem church. Seven weeks or 50 days after. On Pentecost, immediately following Christ's resurrection, God poured out his Holy Spirit upon the Jerusalem church, thus enabling them to perform extraordinary deeds such as healings, speaking in tongues, prophesying, inspired speech, fulfilling the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can find that in the book of Acts. Many people will teach on the things of the Bible as a history lesson. But I want to encourage you today, and I know if you're in this ministry, you already know this, but you'll be in agreement. He is not the great I was. He's the great I am. Can I get an amen? The gifts of the Spirit, the Bible says, our weapons are not carnal, but they're spiritual. So if the gifts were done away with, that would mean the church would be without weapons and we'd be a weaponless church. And I cannot see a loving God leaving his church without gifts and powers to, that can overpower the enemy. Can I get an amen on that? There's so many things that go together from the Old Testament to the New Testament coming up to this. Moses was used by God as a prophet to bring the people out of Egypt into a slavery. And when he brought them out, they met at Mount Sinai. And Mount Sinai is the place where they brought down the Ten Commandments. But God said, bring the people to the mountain, and I want to talk to them. And when he brought them to the mountain, he told them, don't anybody touch the mountain or go near it, not even an animal, they'll have to be killed. But when God came down on the mountain, the mountain was covered with fire. Isn't that interesting? Jesus is a prophet that Moses talked about and said there's a prophet coming and he'll come out of your people and we see in Matthew and Luke the lineage of Jesus Christ that he did come out of the people. He was Jewish. But on Moses' day, 
fire came down and covered the whole mountain, the people didn't want to hear God's voice. They were afraid. And they told Moses, hey, you talk to God, then you come tell us. Now, there's a lot of people in the church today, they want the preacher to go talk to God. They want him to study the Bible and then come tell them, please don't be a hearsay saint that you only go by what you hear someone say, but be a person that studies and researches because like I said, there's no second class citizens and God has now made it available not just for a corporate walk, but for a personal walk. Now you've heard it say that a chain is only as strong as the weakest link. Don't be that weakest link. Be a person that prays, that stays, that reads, that has a fellowship with God. Israel was standing on a hill ready to fight the Philistines. Goliath came out and said, hey, I got something different. They weren't used. People don't like change. Can you say amen to that? Probably 85% of people don't like change. But now the battle was going to be different. And uh, this big guy, huge, stepped out, a giant, and he said, hey, I'll tell you what, one-on-one, send me your champion to fight me. And if, uh, if, if I win, you got to serve us. If you win, we got to serve you. Israel was not experienced in a personal battle with the devil. They had a corporate experience. If we fight together, we normally win if we're not in sin and we do something right. But now they were challenged one-on-one, and they had no experience fighting the devil one-on-one. But David, somebody say, but David. You know, he was just out there in the wilderness, and he was just over his father's sheep, but he had experience fighting the bear and fighting the lion. Now, I don't know about you, but when a big-sized bear stands up, it's about nine feet tall. And when a lion can stand up and roars, it can be about the same size. So height didn't intimidate a guy that had already fought height. Come on. He by himself, was he really by himself? <laughs> Him with God. See, with just David, it'd be impossible, but what does the Bible say? With God, all things are possible. I want to encourage you today that because of Pentecost, you now personally can fight the devil. And when that giant of the enemy comes running his mouth, telling you he's going to take you out, you just say, wait a minute, the only giant's God. You're just a small little old thing. Whew. The giant looked toward David and said, I'm going to take you and kill you. Take your flesh and feed it to the birds. I find what David said fascinating. Because <laughs> he didn't just say, I'm going to feed your flesh. He said, I'm going to feed the whole army to the birds. <laughs> he went corporate. I personally am going to destroy your corporate uh, torture and torment of the Israeli army. Some of us need to stand up and say, devil, be quiet. He cut off his head, which cut off his torment. In the morning, he came out to ruin the whole day. In the night, he came out to ruin the sleep. And isn't that what the devil's been doing to you? That thought comes to you. The spirit realm communicates to us through a thought life. He whispers, and if you think it's your thoughts, a lot of times you don't even fight it. But I want to tell you today, you can silence the voice of the enemy by knowing and studying and being skilled in the word of God. That way, you know, wait a minute, that doesn't line up with the Bible. I'm not going to think that way. Behold, I've been given power to tread over serpents and scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. When you know your identity, when you have your empowerment, when you understand your purpose, you can begin to become victorious in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I just recently got back from Nicaragua. I've been going there for 20 years. We started with one church. We had six churches on this last trip. We had two pastors come to us and say, please allow our church to come underneath your organization because we see not only them prospering, but we see the supernatural coming into the churches. Do people see the supernatural coming and act, being activated in your life? If you tell me you received the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, please inform me, why isn't there anything supernatural happening in or around your life? Mm. I stopped to get a filter for my Toyota truck on the way up here. The guy, uh, as I was getting ready to go, I said, well, I hope you have a good day. He goes, I'm getting tired of uh, having to have, uh, uh, go and have the needle stuck in me and have my, my blood filtered. I said, what do you mean? He says, well, I need a kidney replacement. And I'm in a hurry, and I said, brother, I'm going to be praying for you. I walked to the door, and as soon as I got to the door, the Lord said, are you seriously going to walk out? And just tell him that you will eventually pray for him. And I'm like, I'm supposed to network with heaven to become a distributor of the things of God. Whether it's healing, whether it's love, whether it's finances. So I went back and said, sir, please, i got to ask your forgiveness. He said, why? I said, because I told you I would. And faith is now. Can I get an amen? I said, faith is now. We need to do some stuff now. That's why the enemy wants to keep you with thinking about what somebody did wrong to you in the past. When your memory's in the past, you miss your faith is now. When you're afraid of the future, you're not in the now. David took out the giant in his now. Because of a past and a resume that he had with God. Do you have a resume with God? Fire came down on the mountain. At some point during the period of time, the Jewish people had begun to observe Pentecost as a commemorative of the giving of the law of Sinai, the event that evolved fire coming down upon the mountain. Peter quotes in the translation of Joel chapter 2, verse 28, he talks about this is what the prophet Joel spoke. So we see that coming from fire on the mountain in Moses' day, Moses said there's a prophet coming. So now Jesus is going to come, and he's going to release a fire also. Have you received that fire? You've heard the Old Testament prophet say there's a fire shut up in my bones. Well, if you've got fire shut up in your bones, open the door and let it out. Come on, somebody. You need to get excited. You need to say, I'm going to have an everyday personal Pentecost in my life. I'm going to release the anointing of the power of God. You should get so excited you could be in the tomato section, the grocery section, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I got the power. Do you ever get excited in Walmart? Come on, somebody. You know, you see that they got a website for we're looking people at night in Walmart. There should be some of our pictures in there praying for people, people being slayed in the power. Come on. I cast out in a grocery store one time, I cast the arthritis spirits out of a lady who was reaching for some pork and she couldn't get it. After she got healed, the spirits came out of her hand. I said, do you want the pork? She looked, she said, no, I don't know where that devil went. Some of you will get that later. The devil went into the pigs. Turn in your Bibles, if you have them, to Exodus chapter 19, verse 16 through 18. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning, 
that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mouth and the voice of a trumpet exceedingly loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the neither part of the mount and Mount Sinai altogether on a smoke became because the Lord descended upon it with fire and smoke thereof descended as a smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. God came down in fire on the mountain. On the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, God came down in cloven tongues of fire. You know, cloven actually means split or two. I believe it was a personal anointing with one of the fires, and I believe the other one was a corporate. You'll see there's a personal tongue that these signs shall follow everyone. And then there's a corporate tongue that people will pray in tongues and someone will interpret. There's personal gifts and there's corporate gifts. Have you been gifted? 3,000 died on the day that the law was brought down by Moses and 3,000 were saved on Pentecost. Moses delivered the law and Jesus delivered grace and mercy. Aren't you so glad that when the fire falls now that we don't have to die like they did on the day that the law was given? In the book of John chapter 1 verse 17 for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Fire on the mountain when the law was delivered. Fire on the people when grace was given. Whew, that sounds like a song, doesn't it? Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15 through 19. The Lord thy God will raise up thee a prophet from the midst of thee. This is Moses talking. Of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him ye shall hearken. According to all that thou desirest the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see the great fire anymore that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command them. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require that of him. So Moses is saying, I'm a prophet, but God's going to raise up a prophet one day out of your people, and if you don't listen to him, you're going to be judged over it. Can I get an amen for that one? In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. When he said this, many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying of a truth, said, This is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh out of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem. You know, I find it amazing. The Israeli people were the carriers of the word. They knew the word better than anybody. Actually, other people weren't allowed to know the word. But when the word became flesh and came among them, they didn't know who he was. The crowd was always divided. They weren't sure. One time he'd be speaking, they said, this must be the Christ. And out of the same crowd, someone said, he cast out devils because he is a devil. Wow. I wouldn't want to be them when they have to bow before him and confess him, Lord. Say, Lord, you, you, you are the Lord. And he could say, and you called me a devil. <laughs> I don't want that one. I guess, though, Peter survived being called a devil, didn't he? Satan, get thee behind me. 
probably, if there's a book being recorded about my life, I'm sure there's some interesting things that will be read that day. How about you? John chapter 7, verse 37 through 44. But, uh, so there was a division among the people because of him, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Some believed he was the Christ, some that the prophet. They did not know him or where he was from. Do you know who he is? When I go to Pakistan, my first trip there, very nervous, afraid I'm probably going to be martyred. Didn't know that was in me, but it was there. Every man wearing a long robe looked like he had a suicide vest underneath his robe. I would try to hug everybody, and I would pat them down to make sure they didn't have a vest. My interpreter said, why do you hug like that? I said, I'll tell you later. <laughs> but when I got there, the first day my security showed up. They weren't at the airport, and they came the next morning at 6 o'clock. They got me up. They said, they're out in the alley. They're waiting for you. I said, who's waiting for me? They said, the Muslim. They're like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to take it like a man and put my poker face on. I'm not afraid of anything. Because, see, I come from the John Wayne era. I wear cowboy boots. Righteous redneck. Come on, somebody. Some of you are in this room, too. Church in the middle of the cornfield, there are some rednecks. Come on. <laughs> I stepped out. I boldly opened the door, waiting for the people that wanted to stone me and kill me. And there were people on beds. People had been brought in wheelchairs, carried over shoulders. There were all these Muslims that they had heard that there was a man that believed in Jesus was there. But the problem was they believed he was a healer. They believed that he was a prophet. But they didn't believe he was the son. You must believe he is the son of God. The Muslims, the devil so tactfully in that false religion has brought a teaching saying that if you say that he's a son, you're saying God came down and had sex with the woman, therefore it's blasphemy and, and it's sin and they will stone you and they will kill you. So I said, Lord, I, I know they believe he's a prophet. I know they believe that he's a teacher and that he's a healer. And, and we saw so many miracles, it was wonderful. I said, how can I teach these people that he's the son because they can confess them as healer, and they're not born again. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, start teaching on the virgin birth, that it was supernatural. There was no sex included. Begin to teach them that. And you can see the lights coming on in their eyes. I pray that lights come on inside you because he is the truth, the light, and the way. Maybe you've only known him as a savior, the forgiver of sins. But today I want to let you know, he is the healer. He is the provider. But he's the doorway to the Father. Most people want to stick with Jesus because he's known as the forgiver of sin. But Jesus said, no longer pray to me. Oh, that sounds like blasphemy, don't it? But that's what he said. No longer pray to me, but pray to the Father in my name. But you don't want to go to daddy because all your life, all you ever heard is, wait till your father gets home. Jesus was the forgiver, the giver of grace. But daddy, whoop, he wants to lay hands on you. He's got a whole nother doctrine of laying on of hands. The father, he corrects those he loves. And he said, Israel, this is the way it was, but I'm changing things. I'm bringing a, a new prayer. Remember when the disciples asked Jesus, they didn't say, teach us how to heal the sick. Teach us how to multiply stuff. They said, teach us to pray. Apparently, they saw that when Jesus prayed, something happened. 
And when he began to teach him to pray, he said, pray like this. Our Father, no one had ever done that. That was like blasphemy because he was God. They were humans. But now he's like a family person. Our Father, they never heard this. This is so remarkable. We're talking about change again. People don't like change. He was making himself equal with God, a son. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, hallowed means to honor. So he's saying, call him daddy, but honor him. And the prerequisite for the kingdom to come was to honor him. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Now, apparently, Jesus prayed this prayer in faith. Apparently, the disciples joining Jesus prayed this prayer with faith. Thy kingdom come. Because on the day of Pentecost, whoo, glory, I get excited when I think about this. On the day of Pentecost, boom, the kingdom came. Heaven came. The spirit came, this, that prophecy. And no one knew what it was. They thought they were drunk. It was so strange. And all these people that were legalistically keeping the law to the best of their ability said, this is too much God in church. We can't handle this. We want our three prayers a point, take an offering, kill a lamb and go home. But what they didn't understand, truly there had been a lamb that was killed, slain before the foundation of the world. Whew. I'm writing a book called Jesus Was a Stepchild because Joseph wasn't his father. The first Adam had no mom and dad. Where did his blood come from? It came from God. It was perfect. It was clean. That's why in the garden he would have lived forever. But when he sinned, he defiled his sin. Now his blood's got generational curses and sicknesses and all this stuff in it. And that's why we suffer the things that we suffer. But when the second Adam came, Joseph wasn't his daddy. Where did his blood come from? It came from God. In Leviticus it says, the life is in the blood. Jesus is quoted saying in John 10, 10, the thief comes but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Can I give you the Brian Adams translation? Here's what he was saying. Your problem is you got some dirty blood. So I've come to give you life. Well, if life is in the blood, he said, I've come to give you blood and blood more abundantly. A pure blood, a clean blood. It says in the book of Acts, out of one blood, God created all mankind. Now, it's hard for me to talk about the blood without wanting to break out in singing. What can wash away my sins? What can make me whole again? Oh, you guys are some weird people like me, ain't you? He found us weird. He sanctified us weird. Now we become holy weird. Come on. Don't become religious. Become a person that's ready to shout and praise him and give him the glory. Is there anybody in here that has praise fits like me sometimes? Woo! Lord, if you're listening, that's three people. Two raised eyebrows. And I'll think about doing it on the way home later. See how you guys are. Acts chapter 3, verse 20. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, when the heaven must receive until the times of restitution all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Let him 
Him you shall hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which shall not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. This is New Testament stuff. I think maybe we should have ears to hear. We should listen to what the Lord says. One place he says, why do you call me Lord? But you don't do what I say. Hmm. Now, I like talking about my grandkids. I've got four children, a beautiful wife named Karen, and I've got 13 grandbabies and two great-grandchildren. One of the granddaughters contacted me the other day. She said, you bless these two in the family more than you bless us. I said, it is written. I used the word on my kids. It is written, he or she who draws nigh to grandpa, grandpa draws nigh to. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's scripture, isn't it? And the grandparents are like, I'm going to use that. <laughs> Are you drawing nigh to him? Are you drawing nigh to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you coming him to the Father? Do you have an orphan spirit? Or do you, and have you received the spirit of adoption, which is now available? John the Baptist, he spoke in the book of John in John chapter 1, verse 33. He said, and I knew him not, and he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Ghost, and I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. See, before, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come upon the prophet, he would prophesy, the Spirit would leave. Now, this new dispensation, the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you and remain. Woo, I don't want an occasional corporate touch. I want to walk. I don't want a visitation. I want a habitation. Is there anybody in here that's like me? I want more. You can't hunger for something you've never tasted before. Many years I stayed away from hot and spicy stuff because my mama didn't like it. But one day I'm traveling with my brother-in-law down to Texas. He said, you got to try salsa. I said, no, mama didn't like salsa, so baby don't like salsa. He said, just do it. Are you afraid? Oh, you challenge me now. I took a big bite of salsa. I'm like, oh, it burns, but I like it. You can't hunger for something you've never tasted before. Whoo, come taste of the Lord and see that he's good. Now they call me Senor Salsa everywhere I go. In California, when I come in to preach, there's always homemade salsa sitting under the chairs. And I'm like, thank you for your offering. <laughs> Jesus was supernaturally different. The spirit that came upon him and stayed. Hmm. Remember, when Moses had the tabernacle set up in the tent of meetings, it was a tent of animal skin, maybe signifying the animal nature that you and I have in our flesh. But could it possibly be that the Spirit of the Lord was saying, I'm prophesying one day I'll live in skin. I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. And if I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost, I'm the landlord of that temple. And if I'm the landlord of that temple, then I have eviction power. 
Is anybody getting this? You can begin to evict your pain, your sorrow, your insanity. How can two walk together unless they agree? Are you in agreement with your anxiety? Tweet it like a telemarketer and hang up on it. Come on. Take control of your thoughts. I don't care where I'm at. If a bad thought comes, see, the spirit realm communicates to you through your thought life. So when a bad thought comes, I'll be like, shut up, devil. Get out of here. You're not allowed here. One time I'm driving down the road and, and I'm listening to some, I call it Benny hymns. Some of the hymns that he does, I call them Benny hymns. And the music going, I'm just worshiping. I'm old school. I like some of them hymns. And I'm worshiping and all of a sudden a dark oppression comes in. I start thinking negative and wrong stuff. And, and I start giving to it all of a sudden. I said, wait a minute. I know who this is. I whipped the car over, my truck over. I jumped out, went around to the passenger door, opened the door up, started saying, get out of my truck. No hitchhikers allowed. I bind you. I break your power. Until you lose your dignity, until you become ridiculous, you'll never see the miraculous. <laughs> and I'm saying, get out of my truck, I break your power. Then I slammed the door because I was like, yes, he's gone. I turned around, there was a state trooper looking at me, sir, is everything okay? <laughs> I said, it is now. <laughs> he didn't even check me, he just got in his car and drove off. I'm like, whoa, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. I heard my grandson talking to himself the other day. I went in the room. I said, there's no one here. Who are you talking to? He said, I'm talking to myself. I said, why would you want to do that? He said, I learned it from you, Grandpa. John stated that Jesus was the one who would take away the sins of the world. Moses was used to bringing God's people out of, he was used to bring God's people out of physical slavery. But Jesus, the prophet, was used to bring us out of eternal slavery, damnation that would last for eternity. I think it's a greater deliverance than Exodus, don't you think, from Egypt? It's getting brought out of the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's son. Mm. If you're brought out of one kingdom into another kingdom, why are you still paying taxes and due to the old kingdom? I, uh, with... Pastor Dosik and his team, I was honored to be able to go to Ivory Coast, West Africa, a French-speaking nation. I'd never been to a French-speaking uh, nation, so I thought I better brush up on my French. Parlez-vous français? Je ne sais pas. That is, can you speak French? No, I can't. Wee <laughs> wee, oui, oui, and, you know, something like that. That's about all I could do. But France came and landed in West Africa, and they did what's called colonization. And when colonization would happen, they would come in and say, you're now going to do money our way. You're now going to do government our way. And you're going to have to speak our language. To me, it was very strange to see African black people speaking French. I'm like, what's up? But they still dance African. Come on, somebody. That's my part. I love that. So I thought, what greater way to preach the gospel than to use something they know. I said, as the French government came in to colonize you, so the Spirit of God said, I want to bring colonization to you. I want to come in. You got to begin doing money my way, tithes and offering. You got to learn to speak a new language. Having power in government and honoring the government of the God Almighty. 
Some of you, I can feel it in the spirit. You're like, I don't want to do that tongue stuff. I'm writing a book called The Terrible Tees, Tongues and Tithes. That's, that's things people fight more than anything in the church. I mean, if it's fought that hard, it must be of God. Let's compare it to Israel. Someone said, how can you prove that there's a God? I said, because there's an Israel still with everybody trying to bomb it and kill it. And I'm here today to tell you that God said, you all were sinners, born short of the glory of God. Pentecost was for a reason, to bring a new dispensation. Pentecost was so that the fire could be not shut up in our bones, but flowing, rivers of living water flowing through us. But he said, you all have sinned. You weren't pure like Christ was. So when that day he gave us a new language, when he came with colonization on the earth to bring back, you see, there was a satellite office called the Garden of Eden that one day. Now, he's colonization the earth and he's coming, living in you and your household and your home becomes a little satellite office of heaven. Whoo. See, on my little satellite office, if you show up and come with a problem, you start cussing, ooh, I shut you down. You, start, you think you're going to come and drink on my property? Oh, ain't going to happen. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention, I'm celebrating 39 years drug and alcohol free this summer by the power of the Holy Ghost. That personal Pentecost I had. Man, schizophrenically speaking, I was never alone. Oh, I'm not being disrespectful. I was. There was probably... They didn't have the, the terminology of bipolar in, in my childhood. If they would have had something like they would have probably called me octopolar because there was about eight voices in my head. It was crazy. But on that day when I called on his name, just like that song they were singing the name, I called on the name of Jesus Christ. A shiver went to my body. I've been told all my life I was nothing. I was nobody. Why would the God of creation know and nobody like me with all the billions of people in the world? But on that day, I said, Jesus. And for any young people watching on, t on the internet, Here's what he said to me. I'll give it to you in the Brian M. translation. Yo, yo, Brian. I'm like, wait a minute. You know my name? That made me, just made me, I am somebody. Oh, how my nothingness wanted to be something. Can you feel me? Does your nothing want to be something? Give your nothing to him. Like that little boy gave a couple of fish and some bread. He'll multiply it. He started multiplying me. I said, slow down, Lord. I'm getting too big. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That wasn't biblical. <laughs> but he will. Now, on that day, when he called me by my name, said, I love you. Never have to get high again because I didn't have a drug problem. I had a reality problem. But my personal Pentecost filled me with the Holy Ghost. Whew. Washed away every sin. Separated me from darkness to light. I went to a guy, my cousin that I dealt drugs with. I wanted to tell him I had this encounter with God. But when I showed up to him, I hadn't talked to anybody. Nobody knew but the demons and the angels. And when I got there, he spit on the ground. He cursed me. Keep that religion away from me. I'm like, dude, how do he know? And I went to my mama's house. who had been praying for me forever. And when I walked in the door, I wanted to say, Mama, I made your God my God. But I could say nothing. She screamed, ah! That's the scream of a mama when her prayers have been answered. She said, you're saved. I'm like, I didn't say nothing. How do you know? She said, the darkness is gone and there's a glow. <laughs> Woo. 
I better watch where this cuts off and falls. I'm looking at you. Ooh, I'll need a miracle. <laughs> Did somebody scream when, because see, I, I grew up in church, but I never grew up in Christ. Some of you have had children born in church. They've been church all their life. When they was three, you said, oh, they prayed the prayer. It was like a parrot mocking a prayer. They've not had their Pentecost yet. And then when they turn 18, they leave you. You say, why? Because all they had was works. It's by grace through faith. Isn't that great? That makes it an equal playing ground. You and I. No matter if you got money or you don't got money. I know many of you probably think God chose me because I'm gorgeous. Don't hate me. <laughs> you were getting too religious. I had to smack you around a little bit. How serious Christ must have prayed that his kingdom would come. Aren't you glad it did? The hands. Wow, I've said a lot of words. My word count is sticking in my head. I'm like, it's only 1130. Glory to God, I got 50,000 more words. The hand of the first. Oh, I got permission. That's all I needed. <laughs> the hand of the first Adam, who used to be sinless, he stretched forth his hand, and he disobeyed God, and through one man death entered the world. The sinless hand of the second Adam, said, I'll pay the penalty for that hand and let his hand be nailed to the cross. The hand of sin, second Adam, hand became cursed. Anyone that's hung from a tree become cursed. Now your hands and my hands are miracle hands. Because what that second Adam, that prophet that Moses was talking about, who, the only begotten son, my goodness, God tells you, you heard the men giving the offering exhortation, wonderful job. You give by faith. God sent his son by faith with not seeing results of the harvest. He's a family man, only had one child, and he let his first offspring die. Believing that if he sowed sons, he'd reap sons. So let's read the scripture like this. God so loved the world that he sowed his son. In Israel, you were commanded to give the first offspring. If your sheep had an offspring, the first one, you by faith offered it as an offering with no proof that this sheep would ever have more offspring. It's a faith thing. I'd read these Old Testament stuff and I'd get all excited. I'd come back from my office and I'd say, Lord, take everything. Take my wife, please. She'd hear me and just laugh. Just like you did. Many men here have prayed that same prayer. <laughs> and the ones that laughed, others are sitting there, she's too close to me, I got to go home with her. Jesus came to bring us out of slavery of sin. When Jesus showed up, they didn't think he was the Messiah because they thought Rome was their problem. 
They thought the government was the problem. They were looking for a messianic warrior, a messianic political messiah. But Jesus was saying, your problem isn't without. It isn't your wife. It isn't your kids. It isn't the government. It's not who the president is. But your problem is within, and your problem is sin. The wages of sin is death. Even to this day, what was sin in Jesus' day is sin today. We cannot allow the culture, the woke and the cancel culture to come in. Someone said, be careful how you preach. They might cancel me. I said, I canceled the woke culture the day I became born again. I said, Satan, I don't want you. I want the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. You can't cancel me. I'm eternal. I'm getting excited. God, please give me a hitchhiker on the way home today. A heathen. Kick it about 80, hit the electric locks and say, have you heard about Jesus? <laughs> I'm giving some of you an idea. Sin now paid. The ransom for God's children now recorded in the courts of heaven in Jesus' actual pure and holy blood brought to the heavenly mercy seat. Now Jesus is now gone to hell in your name and in my name. When I go to heaven, you know, they always tell the story, Peter will be at the gate. Is your name in the, what is your name? Oh, don't look for a name. I am not coming in my name. I'm not coming in my works. Look, look for the name Yeshua. That's the name I'm coming in. Can I get an amen in the house? Mm. Jesus is now went to hell. You know, as he's hanging there, I guess what I'm trying to say to you today is what Christ said on the cross. It is finished. It had to be finished because once he died, he had to go to the grave. Think of all the billions of people that had died in the flood, all the people that had died before Christ had come. He had to go to them and say, it is, it's probably one of the shortest sermons ever preached. Hey, it's finished. If you believe in me, you can come out. Jesus told the Pharisees, if you don't believe in me, you continue in your sin. If you continue in your sin, you're hell bound. People don't want to hear preaching about hell anymore. I put a post about hell and I got people saying, it's a shame that people put this out there. They just need to know Jesus as the comforter and a nice guy. If you got saved because he's nice, I wonder if you're saved. You need to know you needed to be delivered out of that bondage just like the children of Israel needed to be delivered out of the bondage in Egypt. What was in that water you gave me? <laughs> Whoo. Man. Glory to God. In the upper room, they were all in one accord. And I'm not talking Honda Civic. Delayed reaction. Something the church needs to pay attention to. Being in unity. He gave fivefold gifts to the church so we could all come in unity. Not so that the fivefold could come in unity with you, but so that you, by the Holy Spirit through the fivefold, you can come in unity with them. And once we get in unity, it's where the Bible says in Psalms, it's where the commanded blessings of God. Some people say, I feel blessed, but how come you're so blessed? Because I'm in agreement with my pastor. He's actually my brother-in-law. He scuba dives, I scuba dive. He's got a pilot's license, I got a pilot's license. But I don't become his best friend. They said, why not? He's even your brother-in-law. I said, because it's hard to receive correction from your best friend. 
I guess that's a little bit of the Marine in me, understanding that. They didn't allow Marines or military to fraternize with the enlisted because it's hard to send your buddy to the front lines when he might die. Are you ready? On the day of Pentecost, it says, you receive power to become a witness. That word translates actually as martyr. But if you can't even live for him, will you seriously ever die for him? Peter was a coward. He said, I'll die for you. I'll die with you. You know the story. Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And that was his last time to do it. And all of a sudden, the rooster crowed. The rooster was actually praying in tongues in the interpretation. You're a chicken too. (laughs) You guys get too serious. I got to keep you going here. Mm. God spoke and the worlds were created, not out of nothing, but out of the unseen to the seen. The parallel universe of the spirit realm that you and I can't see unless our eyes are open is where the stuff that you need comes from. But it takes your hand of faith reaching out to God's hand of grace. And that day, he said, go and tarry. Many people tried to do the work of the ministry before being endued with power. But he said, I, Jesus never did the government stuff. Jesus never went and did miracles until he was endued from power on high when he received the Holy Ghost. And in Mark, it says, I like Mark, it's the only place it says, it says the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Even Jesus said, you had to go through a wilderness experience. I'm going to go through a wilderness experience. God was saying, I'm coming down, going to put skin on, and I'm going to know exactly what it's like. I have some stepkids. And I'm driving to work. I was doing law enforcement then. I was on a SWAT team. That's right, my testimony goes from drug dealer to cop to preacher. Not all at the same time. I wasn't a drug dealing cop that preached. There was time in between there. And so... The kids were, they were just fighting against me. Oh, it was, I remember I got in my truck, I got my black BDUs on, got my guns, I'm ready to go to, uh, we got paged out for a drug, uh, uh, a SWAT team thing. And I get in the truck, I said, Lord, those kids are spawned of the devil. They don't have the revelation that I'm the answer to their prayers. That's what I thought. And then I got mad, I said, why am I talking to you? You guys are perfect. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit whispered to me, and he said, Jesus was a stepchild. Joseph wasn't his father. The Bible names that he had brothers. Four brothers by name, says sisters, doesn't name them, but at least it had to be two for it to be plural. And all of a sudden, as I'm driving, I'm like, oh, my gosh. You had brothers and sisters, same mom, a different daddy. You from a dysfunctional family like me. <laughs> Can you imagine being, having Jesus as your older brother? Mama, come home. Why can't you act like Jesus? Seriously, Mom. <laughs> that would be hard, wouldn't it? But all of a sudden, the scripture came to me. We don't have an intercessor. We don't have that intermediate that can't be touched by our infirmities because he was here and he slept on the ground. He went hungry. He fasted. He was, he was mocked. The very people that he raised their kids from the dead, opened the blind eyes, one day stood and said, crucify him. Crucify him. You have to have a sound mind not to get hit with rejection. 
Man, I would have been crying. <laughs> well, don't you remember what I did? But he didn't need approval of man because he knew who he was. There's an old song, I know who I am. I know who I am. Don't let your gifts and calling become your identity. Not that you're a praise team member, a keyboard player, because if they don't let you praise or sing, you'll get upset. But if your identity is your son or daughter, whoa, nobody can take that from you. On that day when he was baptized in the Jordan River, the Spirit of the Lord, the Father spoke. Perfect picture of the Trinity. Father spoke. Holy Spirit came down like dove. The Son was right there. And he said, this is my Son. God only empowers his kids. Have you received the Spirit of adoption? Because if you feel like you don't belong here and that you're not part of here, that means you possibly still have that spirit, uh, orphan spirit of the world on you. You need to say, get off me. I belong here. This is my house. He's my father. Nobody can take that from me. It's a, it's a shame all the racism in the world. It's a shame all the, the, the wars and the rumors of wars and all these different things. Because I found out that every country I go to, I can be the only white guy there, but they party with me. I don't go looking for a party. I am the party. I got the power. Yo tengo el poder en el nombre de Jesucristo. I speak a little Spanish, yes. Not a lot, but a little bit. And I'll be at a Spanish church and somebody get here and I'll say, Gloria a Dios. And I'll get excited and shout. The preacher came to me and said, I've never met anybody with Spanish Tourette's. <laughs> I'm like, is that what it sounds like? You need to be endued with power from on high. It's not a suggestion. It was a command. We got to quit reading the Bible like it's a menu. If you have lettuce and tomatoes on your sandwich, you like it? I say it's not a sandwich unless there's tomatoes on it. I'm a tomato guy. But uh, I got grandkids. They call that salad. They'll say, I want a cheeseburger, but no salad on it, Okay. And some of you read the Bible like, I'll take some of this. I want some prosperity. I really need some healing right now. But that sanctification, that fast, oh, no. Don't be speaking no four-letter words, fast. We got to crucify our flesh. We got to take up our cross. He said, come and follow me. You can't get saved and continue in your sin. You're supposed to become a brand-new creation. When I got saved, I no longer desired drugs. I no longer desired because all of a sudden I didn't have to hide from reality because the creator of reality, I found out that day he knew my name. He knows your name. Will you allow him to speak to you? But I don't know about that tongue stuff. Every time they talk about Pentecost, they talk about tongues. It's a language you've never cussed in, lied in, sinned in, a pure and holy language to talk to a pure the holy God. Ah. I've been doing it for almost 40 years. Someone says, do you know what you're saying? I'm like, no. But for quite a few years, I didn't know what I was saying either when I was on drugs. I don't remember one conversation. <laughs> and the old man points at me. I, I feel you, brother. You inhaled too, didn't you? I know you did. <laughs> I want to change the destiny to people's lives. I want to become the answer to people's prayers. That first time in Pakistan, 
When I, I walked in that alley, there was a guy on a bed. He's sitting cross-legged, only two teeth in his head, a turban wrapped around his head. He's sitting there grinning, even though he can't walk and, and he's in pain and he's messed up. But he was happy to see me because someone told him, there's a guy coming that knows the healer and he works with him. And I thought, I may never come back here again. So I want to try something. It was on my bucket list. I wanted to say, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And inside my soul, I thought, what if he doesn't? I thought, I just won't come back here. It was easy enough. So my interpreter wasn't there yet, but one of my security guards spoke a little bit of English. I said, tell him, when I point to it and say, get up and walk in Jesus' name, you say it in, in Urdu. So I said, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And, you know, I had my stance and everything. And, Shaba, baby. <laughs> Woo, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. And he did. Now, I've learned to keep a poker face. I'm like, oh, my Lord, he did. <laughs> my, my security turned around and said, he's walking. I'm like, I know it. Every day, for about three days I was there, every day he brought people. He went out and told people that Jesus is the healer. And then he began to find out that Jesus is the son. People. Some of you have tried to bypass the Pentecost. Some of you have not been empowered. And I know why. I grew up in a Nazarene church, wonderful people, but there was no power to keep me. You just can't tell a story. You can't just teach Jesus as a history lesson. He's the great I am, not the great I was. The first Adam, God put him to sleep, a prophetic picture of death, and he put him to sleep God cuts his side, takes out the first bride. Jesus, now the second Adam, hanging on the cross. They stab him in the side. Water and blood comes out. There's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. But when, when you are suffocating and dying, once you're dead, the heart fills with water. So it's a sign that he was dead. But as I was reading this last night and meditating, on it, I thought, wow, here was the Son of God carrying his purpose to birth the church. And all of a sudden, water came out. I said, my God, his water broke. He was ready to birth the church. That's exactly what he did. Could you imagine the mass meeting in hell that was held those three days? No man known today preached to a crowd that large. He gave up the right to marry and to be a human wife because he knows he has a spiritual wife to ride for Christ. But if you believe there's a truly a hell to shun, if you truly believe there's a heaven to gain, if you truly believe that our spirit lives for eternity, what are you going to do about getting somebody saved? What are you going to do about sowing seed? When I first got saved... I took what little bit of money I had and I bought all these little cartoon tracks. I stood at a gas station every night. I was single, had no responsibilities. I just had enough, I made enough money just during the day of work, just enough to keep a little efficiency apartment and I passed out tracks and I tried to tell my testimony. For one year, I didn't get anybody saved. At the end of the one year, I said, Lord, I'm no good at this, I tried. And the Lord said, I've only allowed you to be a sower. You haven't reaped because I haven't made you a reaper yet. But now I'll go and give an altar call I remember that one time 
Rick, Dave, you were with me. I threw that net. 5,000 people came that night. I'd never seen them. I'd never sowed. I'd never watered. I'm reaping now where I never sowed. Don't despise small starts. If the person you pray for didn't get healed, pray for him again. The first hitchhiker I prayed for, I was 50% blind. I prayed for his eye knowing that God was going to use me. I knew it in my spirit. That's what God had called me to do. And I prayed for his, his 50% blind eye. And I said, how is it? Can you see? He goes, oh, my gosh, I'm blind. Stop the car. Let me out of here. You're crazy. I'm like, what? No, quit kidding. He said, no, I'm 100% blind now. And I stopped and he got out and the devil jumped on my shoulder. Don't quit your day job. This stuff isn't for today. But now, I have what they call stick to itiveness. Some might call it stubbornness. I think you know what's that like because you have a pastor that's stubborn. He shall not die, but he shall live and proclaim the good works of the Lord. Can I get an amen? Full of the Holy Ghost, training so many people. I've done so many mission trips and gone to many churches, but the crusade thing I was just learning, and they've graciously allowed me to go with them, and I'm just taking notes and I'm just watching because I said, Lord, time's coming short. These countries are going to close. We saw it when COVID came. Countries and doors were closed to travel, but now they're open. We must go. Are you ready to go? And if you can't go, can you sow? I know you do because this church does remarkable. This is such a beautiful church. Oh, my gosh. Eric, when I was coming up here, you never told me that all the people here was also gorgeous. You didn't tell me that. You're some of the best-looking people. Give yourself a God bless, will you? So the first Adam was put to sleep or when, he, when God formed him with his hands, not by word speaking, by his hands. He sculptured him. And then... He breathed into the first living man and his breath made him alive. Jesus, when he ascended, told his disciples, go and wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. It was a lifeless, powerless body. The head had ascended, but the body was there lifeless and powerless. And all of a sudden there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. What was that? I believe it was God saying, like I did with the first Adam, I breathed in him. I'm going to breathe in this body. And he breathed the breath of life. And you can become born again. The church had been burned. Have you received that breath? Of life. If you're a teenager here today, is it your mama's God but not your God? Some of you may maybe never had a drug problem, an alcohol problem like I did, but some of you kids, you had a drug problem. Every time the church doors would open, mama drug you to church. <laughs> but it's time. Can I just get a keyboard player? Or somebody that can hum? You don't even got to know the words. I'm going to pray the most supernatural prayer that can be prayed. It'll remove every wrong thing you've ever done. And some of you, even though you've been in church for 30 years, you're kicking your dog, cussing your wife, you're looking at stuff on the internet you shouldn't be looking at. I'm not judging you. I'm using that phrase, just saying. 
and you've hidden that sin because you felt if you told someone, they'd say, I can't use you, and that false religious pride. But when you let your stuff go and you just let it, tell it to the Lord, bring it, there's a song that says, bring it to the table. It's not nothing he hasn't seen before. 90% of the power will be broken. Some of you have never been born again. It's just been your mama's uh, God. Some of you need to say, you know what? I'm here for the petting zoo. Well, let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost has got a resume about a petting zoo. He took a lion's den and made it a petting zoo. You say, hey, Brian. I got to come down. It's just me. Yes. Don't get afraid if you see me foaming and starting to spit. I make my own holy water. <laughs> Let me spit on Rick. <laughs> You're in trouble because she's here and I'm going to tell her. I have never heard a man brag so much on his wife like he brags on you. If I didn't know there wasn't a fourth member of the Godhead, I would think that's who you was. <laughs> you can pay me later. <laughs> You're so wonderful. He loves you so much. We don't have to try to talk him into the healing thing or the forgiving thing. That's his plan. He's so wonderful. You feel him in the air, the atmosphere. There's a song that says, I don't want to talk about him like he's not in the room. I don't want to dishonor him and make it a lecture, but I want to create a, a, an atmosphere that's conducive for what you need. Maybe you just need a hug. Maybe you just need to know you're okay or you can be okay. You say, hey, Brian, I want every wrong thing I've ever done taken from me. I want to pray that most supernatural prayer, either to become born again or to make a new commitment today. Raise your hand right now. Say, I want to pray with you, Brian. Come on, all over the crowd. Let me see hands. Come on. Anybody? Is this only the sanctified crowd on Sunday morning? Come on, you might want to make a new commitment. If, if your hand's up, follow, follow your hand with your body and stand up. Come on. This isn't just born again. This is about making new commitments. Come on. Stand up. Come on. Stand up. There's a couple other people there. Come on. You come down here just for you. Come on. Then I'm here just for you. Come on. Give it up for this blessed woman. What's up? Put your hands up, man. You're under arrest. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had a backlash. Dude, you messed me up. He looks like that guy, a preacher from Texas, doesn't he? Put your hands up. I'm not going to touch you. When we get done here, the offering's taken care of. We're going to dismiss you because I know you've got activities and stuff out there. But we're going to set up a couple chairs here. You don't have to worry about falling down because I pray for people sitting down. If you have physical pain, problems, any situation you need to pray for, I will stay 
till the last person is prayed for, okay? We want to make sure that that happens to give you that opportunity. You, you are more important than any, any of my time because I'm here for a purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Lord, if you're listening, three people like that. If you should have been up here, and I know there's people that should have been up here. Pray this prayer. Every head raised, every eye open. Just think of the disciples that closed their eyes when Jesus prayed. We don't have your witnesses. What's your name? nice to meet you. I'm so proud of you. He walked that Via Della Rosa carrying that cross. You walked this way down here. He's proud of you. Say, I make a decision. Say, I make a decision to forgive every person who's ever hurt me, who's ever done me wrong. I even forgive myself. I let all the past go. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He was raised from the dead. Be my Lord and Savior. Now we're going to get really supernaturally on this prayer. You ready? Say, Jesus, hook me up. Because that's exactly what he's done. He, he, he said it's finished. Take a deep breath and hold it. Let it go. You notice I got the back of your head there, so I'm not letting you go nowhere. I'm not a pusher or a shover. I just want to bless you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for forgiving every sin that's not a sinner today. And because she's called on your name to make you the Savior, that, Lord, you're going to bless her. Let everything she touches prosper. Lord, let this spread into her entire household for salvation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Give her a big God bless. If that was your first uh, time of being saved and you've not been uh, leaders, I know you'll take care of that to see that she's water baptized. But is there people here, we're talking about Pentecost, we're talking about getting empowered by the Holy Ghost which isn't just praying in tongues, but that's a, usually a sign of it. But you need that empowerment because your only enemy is the devil, not people. The enemy is not your mother-in-law. Come on. The Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you. My mother-in-law's name's Shirley. I didn't know that that's what that meant. She followed me all of her days. Anybody say, I want my own personal Pentecost. I want an impartation of the Spirit of God I want that prayer language. I want to be empowered so that the signs, wonders, and miracles follow me. Is there anybody here? It's hard to preach in a house where the man of God is, preaches the power of God. Is there anybody? Anybody? Come on down. Come on down. Let me shake my head, throw some of my sweat on you. Come on. Come on, my friend. You doing good? You're about to do better. How you doing, sir? What's your name? Oh, like King James? King Jimmy. We'll just nickname you KJ. 
<laughs> Put your hands up, brother. You're born again? And you want the Holy Ghost? Okay. You, you just want to touch. You want to be a no? Oh, we can do that. Mm. Let me get Dave and let me get Rick to come on up here. The middle of God. Get on each side. I'd love to mess with you, but it's not the right time. <laughs> These guys are good guys. I saw you standing on a street corner and you're passing out a bunch of tracks. I said, Lord, I was just talking about me doing that. Is this what this guy's going to do? He goes, no, it's just a prophetic picture that I'm going to anoint his tongue and I'm going to send him in places where others can't go and he's going to tell his story because him and I, I hear the Spirit of God saying, we have a story. Lord, you guys ready? On the count of three, I want you to just lay hands on him. We're going to just believe for an empowerment right now. In the name of Jesus, one. Everybody stretch your hands this way. Two. Three. Power of the Holy Ghost. Fill him now. Fill him now. Fill him. You're getting filled. You're getting filled. Flow. 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 Flow, Lord, anoint these hands. Anoint these hands, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, break every assignment off of him. Open the doors for him. Provide for him, Lord. Make the vision clear and plain in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And all of God's kids said, Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big God bless. Sweating for Jesus. Sweating for Jesus is what I do. Well, Eric told me to go ahead at this time. We're going to tap into an administration part. There's a business side of the ministry. We're getting ready to go to Kenya. Then I've got Nicaragua again. We've got Uganda. We've got South Africa. We've got all these places that we're going. And I want to give you an opportunity to sow into Brian Am's ministries, ministry. So we're going to put that time to do an offering. I thank you in advance because we'll stay and we pray. And we're going to preach the truth. We're, we're not going to try to give friends. So if you need an offering envelope, raise your hands. I ask you to sow into Brian Am's ministries today. We thank you in advance. I don't have to lay no groundwork here because they're such great teachers ministers that have been here. So I'm just going to give you an opportunity to sow. Thank you. Make your checks payable to this church and they'll just do one to our ministry. What a wonderful, wonderful place. Do you got your empowerment? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work through you? Are you praying for the sick? Now I know from experience there's always people that would have told me if I was at a book table, hey, Brian, I really would have liked to come up, but I don't like to go up in front of people. I don't want to leave you out. You're important. Philip left a citywide crusade and went out to one. 
guy in the chariot. I'll stay for the one. You're important. I'm not complaining or making accusations, but as a drug dealer, long-haired and crazy as I was, the church was afraid of me. The only person that ever witnessed to me was, was a sister I had. But I was in Florida, and a 10-year-old boy, I was sitting, I was living in an efficiency room in an apartment in Florida, and I was sitting by the pool, smoking a joint, drinking Jack Daniels, and a family moved in two things down. Little boy, 10 years old, came down, and I covered up my stuff that I had laying on the table. He began to cry. And as he began to cry, all I could think of is I was sexually abused, physically abused as a child. I thought, somebody's hurting this little boy. And I said, hey, is, is that your dad or your stepdad that you're with? Is, is he hurting you? Let me know, man, because if he is, I'll go right now, I'll kick the door in, and I will beat that guy because I had such bitterness and anger for I'd been abused. He wouldn't answer me. He cried harder. He wouldn't answer. He cried harder. Finally, I hit the, the table there with the, the umbrella, you know, by the pool. I said, I said, son, tell me, why are you crying? Ten years old, and he looked at me and said, I'm crying, sir, because you're going to hell. I grabbed my Jack Daniels and my weed. I went to my room, locked the door, turned the lights, I slid down. I began to cry. When everybody else was afraid of me because I appeared to them to be a giant. I bet you that boy's name probably, I don't know what it's probably was David. <laughs> and he threw a shot that reminded me that a faith had begun in my grandmother and to my mother and one day would come to me. And so my mother's in heaven today. I've got to do this in honor of her. And no matter where they're located in this building, I bless all the children in the name of Jesus. Lord, protect them. Keep the traffickers away from them. Keep the molesters away from them. Keep them safe. Let their angels not just see your face, Lord, but protect their face in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. I pray you enjoyed the word today. I enjoy, pray that your life will be blessed. I know you got activities outside and stuff. So at this time, we're going to dismiss the service. If you need prayer, just come down and sit on these front pews because we always like to say we won't get upset with you if you leave if you don't get upset with us if we stay amen because I know you have much to do so you're going to bring the offering buckets up if you have an offering uh, apparently you bring that up do that at this time come by faith and say Lord in Jesus name Be a lot more.